you split off from the party. We're going to do a little encounter session with Xander. This would all be in Xander's head, and so I wanted to tell the listeners about like what a little bit about your backstory. So, why did you, how did you end up in the dungeon with all the other party members? That is a long story, but it all starts back in Rooklyn. 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 Right, okay. I apologize. Oh, that's fine. I was employed by the Earl of Rooklyn to really recover seven sacred rubies. And it was for a goddess I don't particularly follow. But he's obsessed with it. He was paying good money. I thought I'd take the job. And so we make the job. It was pretty easy to deliver. But one of the rubies went missing. Three of the rubies went missing. Three of the rubies went missing. (laughs) As far as you know, yeah. As far as I know, three of the rubies went missing. So what we did is we played a little bit of session for kind of like your first time where... The yeah, bar- the the Earl of Rooklyn, the Baron, brought you in and blames you for stealing them mm. when you're innocent. Right. And he pretty much just jails you, like you. I had to convince him to jail me. You just dis- yeah, instead of behead you, I think he was gonna kill you if I recall correctly. And you right then and there. And you were like, you I eased up on the guards. sentence. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and so you were jailed. Right, and while I was in jail, there was an orc named Kvor. He killed the Baron's daughter. He happened to be taken into the jail at the same time that you were there. Right. Kind of lucky. Um, the guards were pretty incompetent, so we were able to escape. By murdering By the mur- guards brutally? Kvor- Gloss over that detail. Kvor did that. I just stole the keys. That's true. We exchanged names, and then I hightailed it out of Brooklyn. Sailed west. Mm-hmm. Made it over to Firelight. Ran mm-hmm. into one of my uh, old missionary companions mm-hmm, named mm-hmm. Novo. And I was looking for the other missionary. I was doing the job for the Earl. Right. So, like, you you and this other mercenary uh, named Torre mm-hmm. were hired on to protect these rubies that the Baron really cared about and, uh, you know, for his religious rituals, whatever. Right. And you, you were escorting the rubies, and so you think that, of course, since you didn't actually steal them... Tori is the only person who could have. Right, and he did take off rather quickly after doing the job with his payment. Right, so. and so I needed some details and some information, and Nova, or Nova was the only lead that I really had to help me find Tori. Right. And she told me, go to the desert. And after walking into a cave, I fell down this long chute into this whirlwind of adventure that I have no idea what's really going on. Right, right. And so that that was episode three where you joined the party and kind of got thrown into this mess that you're in Mm -hmm. and just kind of happened to stay with them. And you you gave up the the gem. Right. But Regrettably. Regrettably, because probably you wanted to sell it. It's a bartering chip. (laughs) Yeah, so... And you've got nine health. <laughs> you've made plans. Right, now you have nine health. You leveled up, and now you have nine health. It's a nice improvement from the four that I, or the five that I was at. Right. You'll meet up with them later. We're not going to worry about that. But uh, you're, you're on your own in Firelight, and it is a lovely, lovely city. The city's open to you. You know where Nova normally is. You know where her residence is. And you could go there, or you can maybe explore the, the market. 
we're going to explore the market a little bit. Yeah, sure. Maybe you're not in a super hurry. You know that she's here somewhere. Mm-hmm. So you find some food stalls. There's some jewelry stalls. There's a stall with a bony old woman who is hunched over almost halfway from her how tall she is kind of decrepit looking and she like sees you in the market and you make eye contact for a second it's a little awkward but she points her bony finger and and gestures you over and and goes i have magic wares of all kinds you look like you're in need of some magic wares what kind of wares do you have she pulls out excuse me she pulls out this this tube and it's dusty and she thump, pops off the top and like shakes it out and this map unfurls. She says, this map is the ancient map of Gohanamed. And she like puts the thing back on, thump, but it's totally blank. You have to pour your blood on it to see the map. Okay, what do I know of Gahanamed? Uh, you've never heard of it before. Okay, so not even doing a history check on that? No, you don't need to do a history check on that. <laughs> you've never heard of it before. <laughs> like, you, the, it's, a, it's, it's like a parchment piece of paper. It's blank. Show me. Some of your blood, please. Does it have to be my blood or can it be anybody's blood? It could be anybody's blood, but you're here and healthy and I'm an old woman. <laughs> you know... <laughs> Woman, I am not that healthy. <laughs> uh, she goes, Ah, you're lost. How about the wand of superiority? And she, like, pulls out from a drawer. She pulls out a wand, uh, like, a stick that's, you know, it's, like, fashioned. And it's black and white swirls. She goes, Tap it on your enemies to make them believe your superiority over them. She reaches out to tap you on the shoulder with it. Make a dexterity saving throw. <laughs> you. That is a perfectly natural 20. <laughs> you easily see it coming and move out of the way. And so you're out of her bony arm's reach. And uh, as her arm swipes through the air, her tattered robes kind of move around her. And she goes, oh, come on. Let me tap you with it. <laughs> I ask her if she has another wear. Certainly. What do you look for? And she puts the wand back in the drawer. I'm looking for something on dragons. Oh, interesting. I might have just the thing. And she turns around and she like shuffles back. I make back. a swipe to seal the wand to Okay, she kind of put it in a drawer, but maybe she didn't close the drawer all the way. All right, so you, uh, she turned around and she's like shuffling through this. So go ahead and make... Uh, a slide hand check. <laughs> These new dice are working well for you, apparently. Yeah, you swipe it and you, you know, stick it in your shirt or under your armor or something. I'm gonna put it in my pants. Okay, you put it in your pants. Do you leave? No, I actually want to hear about dragons. Okay, so, but if she turns around and sees the wand missing from the drawer, she will probably figure out what has happened to it. Do I have anything that's long and stick-like? <laughs> Besides the wand. I don't think you do. I don't really think you have much of an inventory right now. Can you think... Oh, you know what? You do. How about this? Okay, now first, make an intelligence roll. One one. Okay. So it doesn't occur to you that the scorpion scales that you picked up off this the dead scorpion you defeated 
could be broken into stick length and placed into the drawer. You, it doesn't occur to right, you. Right, no, so I can't do it now. So do you want to leave, or you are going to wait till she turns around? I'm going to wait till she turns around, because uh, she's old and decrepit, and I have a plan now. Okay, so she uh, she pulls out this book, it like thuds onto the table, and dust comes off of it. And let's see if she realizes the wand's missing. She doesn't immediately realize it, but she probably senses that you're standing a little strangely like she notices you're a little awkward and she kind of eyeballs you but she says ah this might tell us something and she like flips open the book and like looks in the index and is like yes 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 and she like flips over flips open the book and she's like "Mm, the only prophecy i have for dragons is the world will end via dragon breath that's not a very good prophecy is it that's that's a little bit scary. Tell me, what do you know of prophecies? Well, I know that everything in this book has come true so far, as far as I know. Is the book for sale? No, oh, heavens no. <laughs> she like shuts the book and like dust flies out the edge. Well, that's a shame. Well, I appreciate your time. Here's a here's a gold piece for your troubles. She eyeballs you and sees that you're being a little weird, but turns back around with the book and. To set it away. I hightail it out of there. Okay, alright. So you stroll off and uh, you now have a magic wand and one less gold. And the magic wand, if you tap somebody with it um, for one minute, they they think slightly better of you. Slightly more likely to trust you. So on like a performance role or a... Why? Mm, No. They feel likely to trust me. (laughs) You know, I'm not gonna do that. If if it's a persuasion roll or a performance roll, oh. you can have advantage once per day. Okay, I'm fine with that. So you go through the market. There's food. It, there's some clothes. It's a market. Okay. Uh, how crowded is the market? Uh, it's fairly crowded. It's middle day. It's like not super crowded. There's like, you know, you can see it's pre- it's pretty long street. So you maybe see a few hundred people. Uh, but you can maneuver around easily. Okay. Um, so it's not crowded enough for me to like be just naturally bumping into people? Probably not. So I'm going to continue on. So you go to the western part of the city, and you go to Nova's house, where you know she resides. And she resides in like a, a small apartment building, kind of around the corner from an alley. That's where her door entry is. So you go there and you knock on the door and I'd like you to make a perception check. And you feel the back of your head slam forward into the door. You are suddenly on your knees and there's a dagger at your throat and this elf woman is in your face practically screaming at you, what do you want? And then she goes, oh, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. And it's Nova and uh, she... She says, I thought you were trying to steal from me. And she puts the dagger away and helps you to your feet. Have people been stealing from you often? I don't want to talk about it. Come in, come in. And she like lets you into this uh, small apartment that you've been to once before. Um, last time you talked to her about finding Torre. And she, as you come in, makes you a cup of joe or a cup of co- uh, tea. Oh, what, do you, what do you want? She says. Well, I need more information. No, I mean, what do you want to drink? 
Oh. You dork. Oh, do you have a Mountain Dew? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> there's, there's Mountain Dew in this world now. <laughs> she she goes, she goes, what, you mean like water harvest from a mountaintop? Yeah, I do harvest it from the mountaintop. No, I don't have anything that fancy. Gosh, you're weird. Fine, then I'll just take a water. She says, did you find Torre? About that, no. I did learn something recently that's a little bit odd. In the gambling pits in the city, uh, I've heard about a high roller, we'll say. Somebody who apparently came in with rags and uh, has since practically bought the place. Did you hear like any description of what he looks like? I did hear it was unusual, and if you said you didn't find Torre, it could potentially be him. What'd you say? He had some kind of valuable something. Well, he had a lot of freaking gold. You didn't tell me all the details of, of what he was after. All, all I know was that he walked away with three rubies and my reputation in tatters. She goes, oh, you, you didn't tell me this last time. You just tipped me and gave me a, a handshake and I told you where he went. I don't know. I don't know if the, the high roller is, is Tori or not, but uh, the gambling pits might be a good place to check. I will check that out. Nova. Do tell. There was one other interesting thing that happened in the desert. I'm all for rumors. What do you know about dragons? They're few and far between as far as I know. Did you guys get attacked? Growing up, I thought dragons were just some bedtime story that my parents told to me to make me scared. No, I mean, dragons are real. People always say they aren't, but they are. We wouldn't be talking about them if they weren't real. How common is it for thousands of them to be flying out of magical portals? She just cracks up, looks at your face being kind of serious, and then laughs again. It's kind of like rolling back in her chair. And she like wipes wipes her face a little bit and, and goes, what, what are you talking about? I saw dragons in the desert. Okay, I think I think maybe you spent a little bit too much time out there. Got a little dehydrated. I mean, there was that weird earthquake that happened, but that wasn't... There were no dragons. It wasn't an earthquake, honey. I'm going to make a persuasion check here. That is a going to be 24. Okay. She does not take you seriously at first, but you guys talk about it for a little while, and... She realizes how serious you are about it. What do you want to tell her? Like, y you would know that, you know, she's a contact and a fairly good acquaintance. But you might, you wouldn't necessarily consider quite a friend. Right. You wouldn't maybe trust her enough. But, like, you can tell her whatever you want. I just want to tell her about, really, the dragon portal that appeared and thousands of dragons. Okay, so you tell her your experience. Mm-hmm. I tell her about the experience, I don't tell her about the Dragon Club. Okay, do you tell her about the gem and how the portal opened? No, but I do tell her about the prophecy I heard from the old haggard woman. <laughs> she still is highly skeptical of like what you're saying. Um, earthquakes are, you know, they're a known thing in the world, they don't happen that often, but, you know, that's what, that's what she said she felt, and you... You know, it coincides with the same time that this happened. Where you guys were at, it certainly felt like everything was shaking. She says, let me get this straight. A portal opened 
tons of dragons poured out, and they're they're in the area. Yes. And how did this open? You know that what is this place? Something about a hall of prophecy or a prophecy machine. She doesn't really know how to take it. Like, what what do you do when somebody tells you that your world is now infested with a bunch of these giant aggressive creatures? I'm sure I'll be back sometime in Firelight, but I need you to just let me know what you find out, if you find out anything. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy to do it. So I think after that, you part ways, and right. you would go off of her lead and maybe go to the ga- gambling pits, because that's where you heard a high roller is, and you know that Torre has these valuable gems. Mm-hmm. Maybe he sold them. Maybe he's just spending the amount of gold. Yeah, so on the way to the gambling pits, is there anybody who I could sneak up on and tap with the uh, Wanda Superiority? You go to this place, and the streets are fairly empty in this area. It's maybe, like, late afternoon, and you can hear music from inside this place, like, pumping, and it's obviously super loud in there. And it's a kind of a sketchy area. Like, it, it's, you know, there are some people hanging out in, and talking in hushed tones down the street. The bouncers maybe are, like, chatting to each other. They look bored uh, at the front of the building. It's kind of midday. There's a couple of people on the street, but it's pretty empty. Okay. So, uh, is there a nearby bar? Sure, yeah. There's a there's a maybe, like, a bar that's next to this this building um that you would know as the gambling building and there's an alleyway that goes down uh between them okay i'm gonna go into the bar uh it's dingy (laughs) it's uh like the hog's head in harry potter okay it's dusty but there's people there there yeah oh yeah there's there's people in there uh drunk people people who don't necessarily want to have their faces seen uh it's definitely darker than it was outside does anybody in there look like they would make a good announcer? <laughs> I'm not sure how you would tell that. Um, make a perception check, I guess. That's a 20. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> I love these dice. <laughs> yeah, you go in, and there's a guy at the bar who is shouting, and he's shouting about... Uh, an ogre wrestling match to these other people at the bar who are trying their best to ignore him. Several times this woman at the bar like leans over and goes, shut your trap. But he's just like going on and on about this ogre fight that he saw last week. And he's got a, he's got a great voice. It's like booming. He knows how to project. I sneak up on him and I tap him with one of superior. <laughs> okay. He's probably a little bit uh, down in, in drinks, a couple of drinks in. He's not paying attention to you. You come up behind him and you poke him <laughs> in the back with it. <laughs> you just lightly tap him. And you have advantage on persuasion rolls against him. All right. <laughs> you there. I need you to get me into this club or into the gambling pits. He turns to you and looks at you. And he's like, what's in it for me? Your life. This is more of like a intimidation check. You sure you want to go with that? Okay, yeah, no, I'm not going to go with your life. <laughs> I was kidding. Now I have your attention. The potential for a lot of gold. He goes, hmm, uh, interesting. Why should I trust you? Make a persuasion check. 
and you have advantage, so you can roll twice. Ooh, we better roll better than that. Okay, I like that second roll a lot better. That is going to wind up being a 22. <laughs> okay, all right. You kind of let him in on it, and you say, hey, I've worked with this guy in the past. He's a real scumbag, and... Uh, he owes me money. He owes you money, and you need this guy's wonderful, booming, charismatic voice. You want somebody to back you up, I'm guessing. I need to make myself look important so I can get by the bouncers without instant. Okay. So he follows you out of the bar. And I tell him, I need you to make me look like I am important enough to be in there. He straightens his top hat, and you see his little pointy ears poke out. And he straightens his little uh, garb he's got on, and he's like, no problem, I'll take the lead. And uh, he starts marching towards the front of the club door. And you follow him, I assume confidently? Yes. <laughs> okay. The two guards kind of straighten up when he comes up and he goes, Fellas, fellas, my associate here needs into your fine establishment. And they go, we're, we're not open until at least it gets dark. I look at the guards, mustering as much confidence and <laughs> uh-huh. superiority as I can possibly muster. Uh-huh. Make a performance check. Go ahead. Work, work. That's going to be a nine. All right. They don't care that much about you. The the guy you hired, he goes, My associate is a very important man, and he needs to meet with your boss. And they look at him and laugh. The small man goes up to the one on the right and kind of does this, like, uh, martial art sweep under his legs and pushes him down. And this guy's, like, twice his size, probably. And the other guard goes, hey! And he, like, pulls out a bat. And the little man goes, you're on your own! And, like, runs off. And the guard turns to you with the bat. And he takes a swing at you. And he hits your uh, your shoulder pretty hard there. And you take two damage. Okay. So. What do you do? I obviously draw my rapier. You went for the not stealth way. Right. Which I think is odd considering. What I'm gonna do class. is I'm gonna go and I'm going to. How far is this guy from me? Uh, five feet. And is the other guard between him and me? He's kind of on the ground to the right of you, and this guard is on the left. I'm gonna stab the guy who's on the ground. <laughs> okay. Okay, that better connect. Okay, yeah. So you you stab him. Okay. <laughs> go ahead and roll for damage. All right. Yeah, uh, yeah. You you. Poke him in the side, and he screams, Ah! ah what? And the guy with the bat takes a swing at you. And you're ready this time, and you're able to jump out of the way. And then the guy on the ground scrambles back away from you, and you have an opportunity attack against him. You, st- you stab him again as he's scrambling away. That is going to be 11. <laughs> oh, gosh. You, you, st- you poke him in the neck <laughs> as he's scrambling away, and he just stops screaming. Grabs his throat and falls backwards. Alright. Gosh, that's dark. <laughs> okay. The other guard goes, he's just like, holy shit! And he swings at you. Uh, and he and he misses. You move out of the way again. What would you like to do? Poking holes in people. <laughs> right. I am going to is it possible for me to disengage and try to persuade the guard to let me in now? Uh, yeah, I think that would be more like an intimidation check more than anything. 
I mean, you just stabbed a guy, and you're like, let me in. It's not like a nice persuasion role. It's not like, wouldn't you like to do this? I think you would like to do this. It's more like, uh, you better let me do this or I'll poke you too. <laughs> you, you got a point there. Um, we're gonna poke the guard. <laughs> okay, you attack him. That's going to be a 10. Okay, so you go in for the lunge, and his metal club blocks your sword, and... Oh, do I get a bonus action, though? You do have a bonus action, yeah. Is there, like, anything dark, where dark that I can hide? I mean, the alleyway <laughs> is not far away if you wanted to run there. You could. You still have your move action. All right. You're moving away. Which means he's going to get an opportunity to attack. Yeah. But I'm going to dash towards the alleyway. <laughs> Okay, so you decide enough, enough's enough. You hop over the down guard who's still grabbing his throat. It's horrifying. Uh, and you dash down the alleyway. Do they chase? You turn back and you don't see the second guard chasing you down the alleyway. Okay. So you get quite a ways away. Make a perception check. It's an alleyway. You don't notice anything unusual about it. You just run down it. Okay. It leads out into another street that's maybe another 50 feet down. There's a door near you that is into this building. I'm going to go into that door. And you try the door and it's locked. Do I have my lockpicks with me? Because all I know is that everything was confiscated back when I was like in Brooklyn. Oh, that's right. You did have a lockpick kit. Oh, no, you don't have that anymore. <laughs> From not, no, yeah, you got, you got it taken away. Right. Well, do you want to take a break? Yeah. We'll come back? All right, take a break. There is a... I've got another plan. Don't worry. I'll get in. Okay, so if you want to go back around to the front, you can wait till night to do that. You can do that now while the guard's trying to help his other guard. I'm going to find the guy who's my announcer. I'm going to go back into the tavern. Uh, when you go back into the tavern and look around, the announcer is nowhere to be found. I am going to explore a little bit around this area to see if I can find my announcer guy to see if my plan will work. All right, so you come out of the tavern... You look over to where the guards were before, because you went back into the tavern to look for the guy, and you're coming out onto the same street where the the entrance is, Mm -hmm. and the guards are are both gone. There's some blood on the ground uh, over by where they were standing, but they both have since left. I go to the door. And you push it, and it swings in. There's music going, and it's like a big empty club, uh, dance floor area, the lights are pulsing, and it's probably too loud, especially considering there's nobody in here yet. Okay, but it's dark, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty dark in here. What, what type of gambling games are in this gambling pit? So this, on this floor, it's just basically a big dance pit. There's a bar on the far end of the room. There is like a stairway that goes up on the right side of the room. Um, and there's some chairs and some tables in there. It's like, it's a place for drinking and dancing, really. You know you're in the right place. I know I'm in the right this place. This is the gambling pits, and there's another floor that goes up. 
Okay, I go up to the second floor. Alright, you cross the room, and you go on up to the second floor. There's a bunch of gambling tables, and there's things you would see in whatever the equivalent of medieval gambling is. There's a roulette wheel, there's, um, you know, tables for playing cards, and there's tables for dice rolling, and, uh, it's empty. There's nobody in here, and then there's, like, a room at the back, at the back of the place. I go actually inspect that room. Okay, so you go up to the door of the room. It's locked, but it's not like the door that you encountered earlier. It's more like an office door, not like an outside door. So it's not as strong, I guess you'd say. Anything I can use to like open the door without breaking in. So there's a little counter next to this like back room area. It looks like a dealer's area for them to sit and, and relax for a bit. And there's a drawer there. I open the drawer. There are some dice in the drawer and a deck of playing cards, but nothing else. You hear the doorknob clicking. Is there anywhere where I can hide? Uh, you could duck down behind the like uh, little desk area. All right, I'm going to do that. Okay, make a stealth check. Dang it, you're really good at this. That's going to be a 22. Oh, man. All right, so you, you duck behind it and... You find just the right spot in the shadow of the desk. The door opens. You hear somebody walk out, and they're talking to somebody else. And it's a man's voice talking to uh, a woman who responds to him, talking about financial, some kind of numbers. Do the voices sound familiar at all, like Tories or Novas? Make, yeah, make a perception check. I hate to overuse that skill, but it's just useful. That's going to be an 18. You don't recognize the woman's voice at all, but it's Tore. The man's voice is Tore. Tore's like, uh, when are we opening again? And, or, should I, I'll make him cooler than that. When are we opening again? Do you want me to use Tore's voice? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, she goes, uh, se- seven o'clock sharp. Uh, just make sure everything's in order before then. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I will do that. And they start to walk out. I am going to go into the office door. So they're still in the room, so make a stealth check to see if you can get into the room without being noticed. That's going to be a 23. <sighs> you slip into the office and, and uh, do you close the door behind you? No. <laughs> okay, you slip into the office. Uh, it's a really boring office. There's like a desk and there's drawers and there's a lamp on the desk and there's a painting on the wall of... Uh, some dragons playing cards. It's exactly like the dogs playing cards famous painting. <laughs> except they're dragons. dragons. <laughs> yeah. I approach the painting and I'm going to inspect the painting and see if there's like a safe behind it or something. Make a perception check. Yeah, it's a painting. You could probably lift it up. I'm going to lift it away from the wall so I can look behind the painting. Okay. Yeah, there's a safe there for sure. Okay. Is there anywhere for me to hide in the office? Mm, you could hide under the desk like you did before. Because I am planning on confronting Tori. <laughs> Are the lights on or off in the office? They're off. I'm going to stand on the corner, or at the corner of the office adjacent to the door. Uh-huh. Okay, so the when door. the door opens, you'll be behind it. Right. Okay, and you're going to wait. And I'm going to wait. Uh, you finally hear the door creak open, and somebody walks inside. I wait for them to shut the door so I can see if it's the man or the woman. 
Okay, so they turn around and shut the door, and they're like reaching towards uh, something on the wall that activates the lights, and it's a man. You would probably recognize it to be Tore. Well, Tore. He drops to his knees and rolls away from you without looking at you. And as he does so, he pulls out two long daggers and spins and is on his feet pointed at you. He, like, recognizes you. And he goes, Xander? I thought you were in jail. You would think that. And I draw my rapier, by the way. Okay. He, he knows the jig is up. He knows that you know that he outed you and that he stole the gems. And you both don't even need to say that. You just see it in each other's faces. He's going to lunge at you. I'm going to do a persuasion roll. For okay, him. you can say something first. I'm not after your money. I just want to recover the gems. Uh, well, I sold two of them. And the other one, I'm not telling you where it is. I stole those fair and square. You stole them fair and square. Yes, that's right. You're going to leave. Because as soon as I get to my desk, I'll get my guards in here. I've got a proposition for you. You better speak quickly. I know of a powerful gem that is connected with dragons. What the fuck are you talking about? I saw it myself in the desert. Boy, you're going to make a real good persuasion roll. Because he does not like being jumped. And that, my friend, <laughs> is going to be a 24. Your dice are just like screwing with all my plans. All of my plans are just... Oh boy. He does believe you and does not... He doesn't really make a move. You spent some time with him in, uh, in protecting the Baron's treasures. And he would know probably when you were lying. Or he believes that, anyway. What do you know about dragons? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I think that's where it should just end. <laughs> I think that's like the best ending point we could possibly hope for. 